This is Working the Beat. It is Wednesday, May 27, 2020. I'm Kevin Cooney along with Mike Kern. Glad you could join us. Mike will join us in a few seconds as we get ready to start another week talking about sports. Hope you had a good Memorial Day holiday. Is a uh, lot going on right now. Obviously, the baseball situation pretty fluid. The NHL is on its way back, or at least has a plan to get on its way back. And the NBA appears to be going to Disney World. Uh, we'll talk all that with John Johnson from 94WIP and KYW News Radio, uh, especially the NHL and the NBA scenario. John covers a lot of that stuff for KYW and for 94WIP, and we'll talk about that in a few minutes. Some of the news of the day that we will look at, I'll tell you what, the baseball proposal, if I was a player, and I know it's tough, it's tough to have people like take a player's side in a money dispute, that that offer was insulting. And I'll break it down with, uh, with the guys in a few minutes, and then Mike and I will break it down a little later on. Some news on the podcast here on Friday. We will be joined at 2 o'clock by Ruben Amaro Jr., the former general manager of the Phillies, uh, now working for NBC Sports Philadelphia and for 94 WIP as a baseball analyst. We'll talk a little bit about everything going on with the sport and get into some memories with Ruben. Um, but other than that, uh, next Tuesday, we will have a roundtable panel on how sports will look in the post-coronavirus world. But when we come back, John Johnson from 94 WIP will join us. We will discuss all things involving the resumption of sports. And it looks like it's going to be happening a lot quicker than we originally have thought. So John Johnson on about the NBA, the NHL, and maybe a little MLB. That's next. We're going to be continues right after this. Looking to reach the sports fans of Philadelphia in a brand new way. This is Kevin Cooney. Each week, the Work It To Be podcast with Mike Kern and I brings the hottest topics into this sports crazed town with the people and the events that shape the landscape. Now, your business could connect with those people by advertising on the Work It To Be podcast. Join us at 267-546-7277 or email us at workingthebeat at gmail.com to find out how you can reach out to this growing audience. It's the best sports talk in Philadelphia, and you can be a part of it. That's 267-546-7277 or workinthebeat at gmail.com to join the Work in the Beat podcast family. And joining us now to discuss all things with the NHL and the NBA's return, along with the cluster bleep that has become Major League Baseball, it is John Johnson from 94 WIP and KYW News Radio. John, how are you? Gentlemen, how are we? Uh, John has been up since two 30 this morning. Cause he's been filling in for Angela the last couple days. Plus did the whole Memorial day weekend. So you, you must be. So what's your point? What's your, what's your point? <laughs> I've been, I've been working a lot, Mike. Don't worry about it. <laughs> you love it though. No, I don't, they, I don't. They, we all do that. I mean, when I did IP back, like they, they would have, they would have us do all kind of goofy crap. Cause you were there, you saw it and you just kind of do it. Cause as hard yeah. as it is, it's fun. Right. It's it, trust. I mean, it's not work. It can be very difficult, but I'm so grateful to do this for a living. And it's just, you know, it's like anything else. You just have to get adjusted to the hours and make the best of it. It's, it's, it is what it is. What can you do? All right, John, and John, you're working, which right now is not a horrible thing. Yeah. Yeah. I can't complain. I mean, I'm, 
you know, I'm, I'm in a boat that a lot of people are in where my hours are significantly cut because there's no games to cover, but I still have a job. So, I mean, there's, there's people in a much worse position than I am. John, I'll let you uh, decide where we want to go. Which league do you want to start with? Uh, let's MLS. Let's let's start. Let's start on a positive note. Let's start with the NHL then. All right. Let's okay. start with the NHL, which outlined yesterday. The regular season is over. Uh, seven teams have basically seen their season end, but twenty four of them uh, have are going on to a playoff format. The Flyers, one of them. The Flyers are one of the top four seeds in the East. They will. Do you, pl- Kevin, do you think any of those seven teams that aren't included, like, are upset? Is there any one of those seven that are like, hey, you know, if you're off. a 13 seed in a conference, you really don't have much of an art uh, okay. like to stand on. Um, but it, basically, five through twelve play each other in a best of five series. The top four seeds go into a round robin to determine seeding for when we get back to more of the traditional. Stanley Cup Plus. What was your immediate reaction, John, when you saw uh, the format raised by Gary Bettman yesterday? I, I don't have a problem with it, to be perfectly honest. I know traditionally we're used to the eight and eight, and uh, you know, and they've been doing that whole new top three in a in a division followed by the wild cards. I don't mind this format at all. Um, I understand it's far more teams, but considering where things left off, the amount of games left over, and you have those final wild card teams jostling for position and leapfrogging each other, I don't have an issue with it whatsoever. I think it's going to be wild. And although they haven't announced um, the hub you know, the, the play, the play, not the, the hub cities, yes, and the playing schedule when they can come to a finality on where the hub cities will be, it's. I imagine it's going to be just like the NCAA tournament. Because they want to get in as many games as quickly as possible in the event that, you know, God forbid somebody tests positive and you have to put everything to a halt, you know, if multiple people test positive. So I think it's going to be awesome. They're going to do – it's going to be like four games every single day. I think it, it'll be wild. It'll be fun. And thank goodness it'll give us something to watch. And we should point out uh, the, 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 the hub cities, there's 10 of them that are under consideration to host two of them. Uh, no guarantee it's going to be both on the east, you know, but one east, one west. Uh, I think Vegas is going to be one of them, Kevin. I think they've all already kind of said Vegas is the favorite to get one of them. Vegas is the favorite, but it hasn't been officially announced yet. Pittsburgh right, was right. one, Columbus was one, Toronto would seem to be the most likely, except right. for the idea of maybe going to quarantine. I know you've been working the last couple mornings with a couple of hockey guys and Morgani and Jones, what, what was their initial reaction to all this? Yeah. Well, by the way, of the, uh, 10 hub cities that are candidates, three of them are, are Canadian. Um, the, uh, Al loves the idea. He thinks the NHL should implement something like this every single season moving forward. He loves the fact that most teams get in and the Stanley cup playoffs are fun. They're wild. They're unpredictable. Unlike the other three major sports with the NHL, as you guys know, you get a hot goaltender, that can take you the distance and you can get in, you know, with a mediocre record at best. Jonesy, on the other hand, although he accepts this format, he doesn't care for it long-term. You know, he feels that you earn your right to get in in the regular season, which I totally understand. Um, The thing that that Keith pointed out that uh, couldn't be more true, this will be the toughest Stanley Cup to win in in NHL history. Because you have, you've had this lengthy period off, which could be upwards of three months by the time you take the ice again and go from zero to 100 miles an hour. Um, you have to run the gamut longer than you normally would. 
and every team is healthy. Yeah. You know, every year in the NH in every sport, you know, when you get to that stretch run, you know, injuries take their toll. Sometimes teams aren't what they you thought they would be, and injury is a huge part. Everybody's at full strength, and uh, the the playing field, especially in the NHL, it, it is very leveled as a result. Like if you look, you know, once we find out when play is going to get underway and matchups are set up and times are set up. When you look at potential Vegas odds, everything's going to be so even because it's going to be so unpredictable because all you need is a hot goaltender and a team to get hot and a, and a team to get hot with it. Uh, we should point out training camp, a training camp period would probably start after July 1st. So maybe three, hey. two, three weeks of that. And then, uh, um, then you would have a you know the first round, the round robin, whatever, and then right into the playoffs. Mike, and training camp would be in South Jersey, Kevin, like for the Flyers. Yeah, I think it, first week or two would be in South Jersey, and then although there's a right. report today that the the Canucks are looking at moving theirs into the United States with the idea of it's easier to not have to worry about the two weeks of quarantine that the Canadian government is is looking well, at right well, now. That, let me ask you guys. Because I don't know how many Canadian teams. I'm, I'm four. Are there four Canadian teams? I don't know. Um, how does that work? I mean, how, you know, or even players who are living in Canada right now. Like, how, that that would seem to me that that's a major concern. Yeah, there, there's a lot of, yeah, I know. There's still so much that has to be worked out. And, and all these little details are the most important ones. Like, there's, you know, especially in the NHL, right now the Stanley Cup Finals is getting on the verge of wrapping up. And a lot of these uh a lot of foreign players, their visas expire at the end of June. So like uh-huh. a lot of this, like there's like all these subtle things that people forget that have to be worked out. I mean, free agency, the draft, like all these, everything gets mm-hmm. pushed back. So there's all these details that they're going to want to deal with before they even, you know, well, they're going to, they're not going to announce it at first, but all these other things that have to be worked out and you're going to have to, I mean, isolation starts sooner rather than later for quarantine reasons right. and everything yeah. you're pointing out, Mike. Fine. And, and if you get, I know this applies to golf, so I'm assuming it might. I don't know how much it would apply here, but if you test positive, you have to stay in that city that you're at for 14 days. It's not, you know, you can't fly like so. God forbid you could be stuck somewhere you don't want to be for two weeks, like because golfers were saying, if I play in Houston and I test positive, I got to stay in Houston for two weeks. Right. You know, but. You know, if you're having hub cities, maybe that's not as much of a of a of a concern. I don't know. Five, yeah. can, five. I should point out, guys. Uh, five Canadian teams. Five Canadian teams have made it. Uh, Montreal is the 12 seed in the East. Toronto is the eight seed in the East, in the West. Edmonton as a five, Vancouver as a seven, Calgary and Winnipeg as eight and nine. So actually, that's six. I'm my apologies, my bad math. Yeah. But there's got to be some Canadian players who are. Well, yeah, it's the whole league. And the border's been closed. I mean, I'm. Assuming it wouldn't be closed, they'd figure out a way. But right. I'm just saying, John, They'll figure out a way. I mean, look what's happening right now. Look at Governor Phil Murphy in New Jersey. He just he immediately after following, the NHL, Gary Bettman made that announcement. He came out and said, "Oh, we're we're allowing the sports teams to enter their practice facilities." And then an hour after that, the Sixers announced, "Oh, we're going to reopen our facility tomorrow, as in today." Right. So yeah, I mean, they're everybody's going to stay at their team facility until they're told, "All right, now it's time." You know, by the you know on this date, everybody fly here. We'll set everything mm-hmm. up together, and then we're all going to stay here uh, mm-hmm. until it's complete. Uh, hey, by the uh, way, did you guys see the story? And I don't. It, I just saw it, so I don't know that they're saying now there's no guarantee that Philadelphia is opening on June the fourth or fifth. Well, because no. apparently yesterday, there, 
you know, the numbers went up a little bit and they're saying they're just going to monitor. But the, the phrase is there's no guarantee. Wow. That we, even though the governor has said, ah, that's going to be interesting. If God forbid they say on June the 5th, sorry. Yeah, but they're doing, yeah. they're doing like walk up restaurant stuff and everything. It's, it's easing towards that way anyway, whether it is. Right. Or not. I, yeah, I know. Uh, yeah. yeah. John, you mentioned about the NBA and the Sixers opening their facility up. One, has there been any report on this day of anybody going to uh, uh, over to the complex to, to work out for the Sixers at this point? No, I reached out to them this morning just to kind of get an idea of who's flowing in, who's, you know, what's, what's the plan right now. And everything's very, very loose and up in the air. They're still, you know, trying to make sure they have all the proper restrictions in place. Players can't go within a certain distance of each other. Everybody has to be tested. They're all voluntary workouts right now. So there's, it's all loose and up in the air. And it's like kind of a, it's nothing more than a gathering at the moment because they're waiting further instructions from the league as to, you know, when a plan is solidified in place, when they can commence an actual training camp again. Because right now the, pl- the coaches can't uh, instruct the players of anything. It, right now it's, it's nothing more than voluntary workouts because they don't want to have any team to have an edge over another as a result. It, uh, is John, that, oh, John, John, do you think at some point the fly, the Sixers will, will set up something where you will be able to at least talk to these players via Zoom or via however they want to set up, or do you think they're going to hold off on that for a while? I think they – well, they're going to first wait for instruction from the league. They right. have been – this is a very interesting time, Mike, and you know, both of you guys know this, that there are many organizations uh, – probably every single one of professional sports, they would love to have this edge over the media and control the message. So this is the first step in them having the ability to do that for say they'll use safety reasons as an excuse. Of course, this is a, this is an easy out for them to control this message. So I, I, you know, they're going to take advantage of it if they can and only give out the information that they feel is necessary and control that, you know, on, Unless they, until a point comes where they no longer have that total control, but they're going to have it for a while. John Johnson, when are you leaving for Orlando? <laughs> when 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 they sending you down there? Well, they haven't announced anything yet, and who knows? They may not. Mike, I don't think they're going to allow any media oh, there whatsoever. I'm not sure either. I, I was I, I was kind of saying that I, I, jokingly, but yeah, you're right. I wanted to go to into that row, but uh, there's another question, John, that I think has to be asked about this. The Sixers did say that two people tested positive back when this whole shutdown began mm-hmm. and we never found out who they were. Will we? Huh? Um, I, I'm sure. I, or is it might, immaterial at this point? No, I mean, it, it is irrelevant at this point, but a team doesn't announce that unless one of them is a player. If it's some, you know, no offense to the, to anybody who's not a player or general manager or coach, they're not going to make that announcement. If it's somebody in the office or, um, you know, a smaller member that nobody knows their name, who's in the coaching staff, it's going to be somebody significant. So I guarantee you uh, there was at least one or two players who tested positive. The, the only way I think we'll find out is when we get to speak to these players, we ask them straight up, hey, did you test positive? And that's the only way we're going to find out because the team is never going to openly just say, oh, by the way, you know, example, Embiid tested positive, just hypothetically. I don't think they're ever going to tell us, uh, you know, just uh, voluntarily. And what would it matter if they had at well, this point? Well, for, like if it's Embiid, it goes to conditioning. I mean, that would be a major question. Right, Kevin, if they but were... what I'm saying, that was, two, that was two months ago, right? Well, I think that given that it was announced. No, I understand what you're saying. Mike, let me finish. 
Let me finish. Okay. Given that it was announced, given that you had other people in the air, you know, that were surrounding him. And if it's a major player like Embiid who has conditioning issues, I think there's going to be legitimate concern as we get back into playing, especially with the amount of money that is going to be gambled on this stuff. I think that stuff does have to come out. Would you agree, disagree? I'm not saying not come out. I just think that after two months, let's say he sat out two weeks in March. Okay. Okay. He sat out two weeks in March. It's June. Um, I don't see if he'd sat out two weeks in early May, you know, maybe I would feel differently about it. I don't think it's going to affect the Sixers betting line. I don't think they're going to like move the line three points because Embiid might have sat out two weeks in March. Maybe I'm naive. I, I mean, I'm not saying it's not a story for somebody like John to report and say, hey, Joel input. I mean, I, I, I don't know. John? Most people that, that get tested, and then come back after this much time? Are we going to ask Rudy Gobert? Are they going to move a Utah line because of him? I, I don't know. John? Yeah, I mean, it's it's good for peace of mind. But, I mean, it, Mike's right. It is a moot point right now because so much time has gone by. And everybody, nobody is in game shape. Nobody's even close to game shape. So many of these players have been cooped up in condos where they don't have workout equipment. So they, they're all going to come in and just huff and puff and hands on the knees and you know, it's the product when it returns, and we hear it will be at the wide world of sports in Orlando, uh, assuming that it is there, it's going to be a sloppy product. Um, and maybe by the time you reach the uh, conference finals and NBA finals, it will look more polished, but it's everybody's out of shape right now. And, John, I wanted to ask you, you mentioned about the media control element, and we're going to talk about it next Tuesday with a, with a pretty good panel on – where they see sports being, how they see sports being covered post COVID nineteen. Um, what do you see these leagues doing at this point going forward? And are the days of the open locker room over? The days of the open locker room are certainly over for the foreseeable future. Now you hope that changes somewhere down the road, but I guarantee you, over the next calendar year, at bare minimum, it will be team control. And I. I try to tell uh, listeners of WIP this all the time and anybody who I come in contact with who, you know, they say, well, this national writer says this, this national writer says this. And I say to them, well, the information that these national people are fed is through a team who want a controlled message out or through an agent who wants a specific message out. And it goes to those individuals because they have the broadest reach. But if you want the real story, the real information, it comes from the individuals who are around these teams every single day who talk to players and coaches, you know, who have better knowledge and understanding and the relationships, you know, it's not something that's team controlled. And with what has happened, you no longer have access to these players and coaches uh, like you normally would. And that's going to be the issue for the foreseeable future because, you know, the team is going to instruct you, Hey, we have this guy and this guy available and sorry, nothing pregame because we need to do it for safety reasons. And you have 10 minutes postgame and it might be, uh, you know, via Zoom or via conference call. So it's it, it, all these subtleties of talking to someone one-on-one -on -one off the record and reading mannerisms when you ask them certain questions and the proper phrasing and when to get a follow-up. One of the huge issues I have, too, with, you know, conference calls is you can't 
you know, bulldog your way into a conversation if you feel this is the time to ask this question. You have to sit on your hand, mm-hmm. sit on your hands and wait in line like everybody else. So it's teams, you know, when you have a good public relations department for a professional organization, you know well when the time is to jump out, when to allow certain media members to ask questions because you when you get to know those people, you know the type of questions that they're going to ask, whether it's a softball, an important question, or something more selfish. So all of this leads to more team control, which um, is going to hurt the fan because they're not going to know the full story. Yeah. I think if the NBA were smart, they would do the same format the NHL is doing. I think for one year, I don't think this is a long-term thing. I think it's awesome. I, however they came up with this, the NBA could do the same thing and have that little four-team kind of tournament. You know, now people might get upset if you're a Laker fan that the Lakers played 65 games to have that, but I think that's going to be so awesome when the NHL does that. You know, that the Flyers could get the number one seed or, or yeah, if, if I mean, it's not usual that the, that the NHL outdoes the NBA, but I think in this case, that's a really good thing. Well, no, and the ahead, the NA, I'm sorry, Kev. The NHL has nothing to lose here. They have everything no, to gain. You're and right. This is and this is beautiful for them. This is puts them at the forefront. If they can get this organized quicker than anybody else, and they're the first sport or one of the two sports to return right away, I mean, it gives them such an advantage. And it and it you know it's such a uh, you know the casual fan is now going to be glued because they've been yep. starved for something to watch. And the format for you know, given what the circumstances is, is wonderful. And then I, I would not be surprised if the NBA took a similar format. I know right now they're thinking of just combining the conferences and reseeding one through 16, which no. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not totally in favor of, um, you know, if you're a Sixers fan, you hate it. No, because you'd it gives say goodbye you the worst to the Sixers at that road point. To the NBA finals. You, you but would, I, you would yeah, say goodbye it would be to, a good idea. You would say goodbye to the Sixers if it went one to 16 East West. Agreed. If they, no, I, I would because it the first round would make a difference. They'd be matched up against Boston. But if they beat Boston, the likely road after that is the Clippers, Bucks, and Lakers, which Listen, is bye. forget it. See ya. That, that's stupid. Why would they? Why are they doing that? I don't because they like, want to get the two best teams in the finals. It's something that Adam Silver has talked about doing for years, and he's viewing well, this the same way that the, the NHL the was doing. And the Lakers be the best two teams. Well, but they in that way they play out. But if the two best teams are your Clippers and the Lakers, you end up with that as your final. I think that's probably maybe the most attractive option in their mind. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's a bad idea. If you're going to do it because it's not going to involve all the heavy travel of going East West for four rounds. I, I think that if they're serious about thinking about this, this is the year they're going to do this. And I guarantee if they do that, one of those L.A. teams won't get there. That's what will happen because everybody will say, oh, it's going to be the two L.A. teams. Well, maybe, maybe not. Um, And to be honest with you, seeing Giannis in a final against LeBron, I mean, I know Kawhi is is an attraction. That wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. But maybe I I understand you can put gimmicks in or so-called gimmicks. But in the NBA's case, I don't think they have to. In the NHL, yeah, go for it. It's going to be wild because um, obviously there's not going to be any fans and there's going to be very limited noise at all. So I, I, this, it, it levels out the playing field to a certain degree, at least initially, and I think that'll play potentially play to the Sixers' advantage. But in the end, the most talented teams, the NBA is so top-heavy, and, and I don't think anything with that's going to change. So I, I, combining the conferences, I, 
you very well, I, I would think you're going to end up with two Western Conference teams in the NBA Finals if you end up doing that. But, mm-hmm. I mean, it's, again, it's unique circumstances. You know, beggars can't be choosers right now. And when you look at it, the, the, the NBA has talked about having to play some more regular season games to get through to a certain point, okay? Because of the TV money, I guess it's at, what, 70 games that they get from all the local teams that, you know, you get the 70 games, then you get all your TV revenue and all that. Uh, that's going to be tough if they're not going to want to go into October or even November, right? At this point. Yeah, this is, um, I mean, they, they're going to want to get a few, exi- even if it's, you know, right. even if they call them regular season exhibition games to get their legs under them regardless. And if they have it at the Y World of Sports, if you've ever been there, I mean, it is state-of-the-art. Mm-hmm. There's, I believe, three courts there. They may have added a fourth. I'm pretty sure there's three. So you can get, you know, boom, 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 boom. They would also have access to, they would also have access to the Amway Center, too, if they needed it to have another court. Right. I mean, so they have access to all this stuff. So they, they would they, they shouldn't have any issues with that. And unlike the NHL, everybody would be in one location uh, where they have all the amenities there and, and, you know, they can't go anywhere. So once you test everybody, if they're not leaving, you're much safer than you would be the NA, than the NHL's route. But uh, to your point, though, about, you know, the NBA finals stretching into August, maybe September, I mean, it pushes everything back, and I think that would be better because both leagues would start in December. It would allow the NFL to have its time, and the NHL and the NBA could now take more of a center stage once late January hits to where you can finally, you know, because you don't, so many people skip over those two leagues for the first two months of their season because the NFL is so dominant and those those games don't have the same amount of meaning. Which leads to the, which leads to the, and we're assuming, though, that there's no disruption of play. When we say all these things, you know, we're just assuming that everybody's going to play and nothing's going to get, you know, where the NFL's maybe playing in February or March. Yeah. Right. Uh, under the massive caveat that uh, this does not hold everything all over again. Yeah. Right. It's pretty clear, too, that the NHL and the NBA, they don't fear Major League Baseball anymore. I mean, that th- the idea that they're talking about extending seasons, beyond not just this year, obviously this year with the condition and everything going on and, and and the pandemic well this is a necessity but the idea that if you start in december and you're going to probably keep the same length regular season you don't mind going into january uh, july and august to go up against the nba uh, the major league baseball at this point they view it as they they've got the market cornered right john yeah, no, I, I wouldn't disagree. I mean, it'll be interesting to see because it's obviously never been done and you're hitting the summer months and that's when your championships would be with assuming the seasons get pushed back. So it'll certainly be different, but I I mean, I think fans would love it because I mean, as you as you guys know, once you hit those summer months and there's nothing but baseball, if your team is not a true contender, I mean, you you watch it because there's no other option available, but if you have one of your winter teams that's vying for a championship. You're going to be glued to that over the Phillies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think too, they have a major advantage in that they've played two thirds or of their schedule. Yeah, baseball is trying to start. It's hard to start when you you these guys can go right into playoffs if they want. So of course they're not going. To, I mean, what would you rather watch a regular season baseball? Or playoff hockey or playoff basketball. There's no. But Mike, I'm not even. Ta- I'm not even talking like just this year. I'm talking long term here. That if they decide they're going to back up their calendar 
on a more permanent basis, which the NBA has talked about before all this happened. The NBA talked about going into July and August because they they felt it was better to avoid the NFL in October and November, and you start around Christmas and all that. Yeah. They're, they ra- they much rather go against Major League Baseball than anything uh, connected with college or the NFL. But but again, Kevin, it's it's playoffs as opposed to regular, regular season. season. I know. Any kind of playoff is going to be more. If you said to me, Major League Baseball playoffs going up against NBA or NHL regular season, I'm taking the playoffs every time. Let's it, 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 that, you know this, this time, basketball and hockey have the advantage, right. and they're going to take advantage of it. Let's flip to the Major League Baseball. John, what was your reaction? Why? <laughs> what was your reaction when you saw that proposal yesterday by the MLB owners to the Players oh. Association? Well, I mean, it certainly was laughable and to the extreme of, of one way, try, you know, ultimately benefiting the owners and insulting the players. This entire negotiation, which every step of the way is being leaked to every national reporter, is so should be so embarrassing to the league and its players, but instead they are so deaf and blind to what is going on in society right now. It makes both sides incredibly hateable and it's turning fans against the sport, its players, the the organizations in general. It's a horrible, horrible look. And as we, you know, we hear about the winter teams organizing, getting together. And I realize you know, their play was halted. Most of the players had been paid most of their salaries already, where this is starting fresh and you're trying to get prorated salaries. And it, it's, it's, it's a horrible look. And if it comes to the point, I know they're looking at a June 1st as a loose deadline to kind of hunker down and maybe in the 11th hour they'll come to terms and then get spring training, an abbreviated spring training underway a week and a half later. I mean, it, it's if for whatever reason they get to a stalemate, and they're at a standoff, and then it ends in a stalemate. I it will take years for baseball to recover from something like this because in the end, you can talk about the safety of the players and whatnot, and we realize that is what should be the foremost issue. In the end, it's coming down to economics, and it's all going to come down to millionaires fighting billionaires over millions of dollars when there's forty million on unemployment, many more draining savings, people at food banks. And those, are, in the end, are the same individuals who buy tickets to see these people play. You, you, cannot, you cannot throw a pity party to people who are struggling to survive and say, please, get in my corner. It's laughable. Who is going to take the, the yeah, lion's it's, share it's, of the blame? You know, and the funny thing is I remember this. I mean, they're doing what every – the owners are doing what every other ownership group does. They're trying to pit the, the less-paid players against the higher-paid players. It's what newspapers did when we were in negotiations, you know, the, so I understand does either side, John look worse to you? Cause I know most people will just because they'll say the players look worse because you know, they're millionaires or whatever, but does, does, I mean, I think there's enough to go around, but I think the owners look just as bad. No, they certainly do. Um, when you're, when you have that type of capital, that type of back backing, you can take a hit. And say you're doing it because you respect the sport and you want to do this. You could you could throw it, spin it any way you want, and take the financial hit. But in the end, they're just as greedy as the players, and that's what makes this such a hateable and un, hateable situation. Because even though you see, like for example, Bryce Harper uh, would essentially, if they were to accept what was offered, which they won't, um, you know, his average would go from 25 million this year down to six, which is. It, 
such an incredible drop off, and it's they're obviously the players making the most money would take the most hit, and those making the least would uh, ultimately only take a fifty percent hit. So it's I, I, it's just a horrible look in general. No, the owners are absolutely not off the hook on this because each side is leaking information to the media in order to make the other look bad. So I I I, I hate taking sides at all in this because if for whatever reason they don't play. I will take every opportunity I can when I'm on WIP to blast both sides. So what's the next step, John? Do the players go back to the owners, or do the owners have to come back with another – like, is there a counterproposal? Or, like, whose ball, whose court is the ball in right now? I mean, you know how this goes. The owners made their play. Now the, uh, the players have to make their counter. I mean, I, the one idea which I it blows my mind that I think could have taken care of this right away is the deferred payment. If the owners are saying because of the revenue loss with nobody in the stands, concessions, parking, merchandise, et cetera, then stick with a deferred payment because in the end, the owners will recoup that money over time. So if you say to a player, example, you were scheduled to make $25 million this year. Can we space that $25 million over five years? You will get your money guaranteed. It will be in writing. Everybody will sign it. And that's what we'll do in order to get you that money either way. Just right now at the moment, we can't give it to you for this season. I, I can't imagine. Would they get players, hit, would they get half of the twenty five million, like because they're only playing eighty one games? Well, however they would work it out, right. but in the okay. end they would get that money over okay. a spaced amount of time. I can't imagine any player who wouldn't go for that because it's a built in, uh, it's a built in retirement. Sure, if it, if, well, you know, in a sense. Well, and, and the other part is that it's pretty clear in my mind. And I said this last night. This is almost union busting. When you stack a system like this, where your top end. And by the way, the people who you're going to market this game, or you're going to use to market this game, okay, the, the Harpers, uh, you know, go down the line, who are making 25, 30, 35 million. And then you're basically telling them to take a quarter of your salary while you're only having the rank. You're also st- structuring the system where the rank and file who would be making 250 in an 82 game schedule, maybe only get knocked down to 225 or 230. You are creating a schism. With an union, because those players who are making two twenty five or two thirty want to get back to work, and those who are making the twenty five million, rightfully so, are throwing their hands up and going, "Whoa, what the hell is this?" I mean, it is just suicidal for owners to approach. You don't want to take sides, John. I'll take sides. It is suicidal in my mind for the sport to approach it the way they have, because mm-hmm. it is. Just pissing off the people you're trying to sell the sport. You know, last year at the All-Star Game, we heard, and I'm ranting, I I apologize. We heard Rob Manfred last year at the sport bitch about the fact that Mike Trout didn't do enough for the sport's good uh, and marketing and all that. Well, one, his sport sucks at marketing. And two, now he pisses off the guy who he's going to need to market with. It makes no sense. No. But remember who you're dealing with, Kevin. You're talking you're about with, back ass. You're dealing with multi-billionaires. How did they get to be that way? They didn't get to be that way by saying, well, you know, we'll take a hit. We'll take a hit now because whatever whatever John just proposed, it seems like it makes sense to me. These guys are these guys. There's 32 of them. And they're these guys for a reason. And they, you know, this is how they operate. This is how they operate in boardrooms. This is how they operate. And there's been 20 years of distrust on the player side. And this is just taking another step. With all due respect, though, Mike, 
the other three leagues have multi-billionaires who run their leagues too. And they have an issue. They don't have the issues on marketing, on visibility, on player relations. That But they also have salary caps. That's the big thing in baseball is you don't have it. And those sports, like we said, you know, could you imagine if basketball was trying to start right now from scratch, what they might be going through? You know, they might be going through the same thing. I don't know. Well, you're, I mean, I, it's understandable both the points, but it's, it, it seems really clear the owners are using this as a way to kind of uh, instill some type of salary cap as well during this. And that's Kevin's you know, been saying that for weeks. Yeah, they've been, it's very clear that's what they would, they would want to do. And this is like a step towards that. I, it, it's, it's such an ugly situation. If they don't, for an 82 game schedule, and again, just to be able to pull something like this off an 82 game schedule with the three divisions and guys, whether it's limited travel or not, they're still traveling. It is such a Herculean task to be able to, to attempt to pull off. There's so many stages they have to get through in order to even begin the season. But the fact that they can't get back by this initial hurdle when the other ones are even more important, it's not a good sign. Do you think there's a season? I don't. I don't think there will be a season. You've changed wow. on this. You, 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 uh, you a couple of weeks ago felt there would be, right? Yeah, I did. I, I've turned more pessimistic. And I know this is still the beginning of negotiations, but they're so ugly so early, and they're only going to get worse, that I think this will delay it. And even when the time comes, they come to an agreement. So much time is going to pass by, and they'll still have so many other hurdles they'll have to overcome. I, I can't find a way they'll be able to squeeze a season in. So you think they would take, and I know Kevin's on that side of it too, for all the reasons you guys have said, you think that in the end, everyone will take zero to rather than take whatever they can take. Pride is a stubborn thing. Uh, Baseball players are such a unique breed compared to the other major sports. They are, as it's not as a whole, there are many who are down the earth and get it, but there are a large grouping, and many of them have more power than others, um, who don't live in the same reality that we live in, and yeah. you know they 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 don't see things the same way that we do, and they feel like they've been wrong, and they have you know plenty of money in their bank account to where they will stand their ground to prove a point. Wow, and <laughs> and I look, I love the sport, and, and you guys have known me enough that it still is my favorite sport. Okay. But it is so frustrating to see how mismanaged it is at the upper levels. And look, it starts at the commissioner's office. It really does. I mean, Rob Manfred and Bud Selig and going down the line all the way back to Bowie Kuhn have mismanaged the sport that is beautiful in its execution and unable to get it marketed in the right way. And that's why the sport is sliding and sliding and which leads to my final question for you, John Johnson, this time next year, what's more popular, the NHL or Major League Baseball? It'll still be Major League Baseball only because the NHL has always been the distant fourth sport. But um, assuming the NHL can pull this off and Major League Baseball continues to fall flat on its face and make itself look horrible, it's going to gain significant ground. Because, I mean, as you know, baseball is – Unless you're born into baseball, your mm-hmm. father, your mother, a close family member, or a friend, no, there are new new there are no new baseball fans who just discover the sport and say, "Wow, this is amazing." You're always born into it somehow. 
And when you start to lose a percentage of the fan base, especially the younger fan base, because baseball is so opposite the times. Mm -hmm. The other sports, the NFL is only 16 games, so it's always the exception. But the NHL and NBA is fast, fast. Go, 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 go. Everything's on a clock. Two hours and 15 minutes, two hours and 25 minutes, and the game is over. Where the Major League Baseball is slow. It's drawn out. Let it breathe. All you know, stand you know, hasn't changed in a hundred years. Don't change the game. Leave me alone. It represents an older generation. It always has, and it has, and it's been unwilling to change. And the, and most of the the players today represent still that older model. So it's it, it it's going to kill itself uh, by doing what they're doing, Mike. If there's no season, what? I mean, and they come back next year. Let's say next year spring training is, you know, sort of what we think spring training is. Maybe there's not as many fans there or whatever. But does it have long-term repercussions or do people just say, okay, you know, I'm going like Kevin. Kevin's a baseball fan. Kevin's going to watch baseball. I know he is, but the point you just made, John, about being born into it is a great point. You know, and we saw after the strike in 94, it took a little time to come back. What do, you, what do you think it would do to the sport? Well, there will be the baseball loyalists who will still be there and still pay for tickets, but the, they will still take a significant financial hit because they're going to have to earn everybody back. And it's a question of whether they, they bend and try to accommodate people and lure people in or say, no, 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 this is baseball. It's been like this for 100 years. If you don't like it, we don't want you. And that's how it will kill itself, and they will deserve every single bit of it. Because the NBA and the NHL are bending every way, every which way in order to get their product out on the court. I realize that money drives everything. I get it. But this is a unique time in our lives uh, that we've never experienced before. And fans will remember this. And they will appreciate what these winter teams are doing and what the NFL is going to try to do. And the NFL is in the best spot right now because they're watching and learning through other leagues' mistakes. But they will remember what – Major League Baseball is doing as we speak and complaining. And if they do not come to terms and don't play, people aren't going to forget this. And the other part of this, Mike, is if you're Major League Baseball and you don't have a season this year, you better come back spring 2021 with a new CBA that you don't have to worry about losing after the next season when the deal is up. You better have everything buttoned up where there's no threat that you lose baseball perhaps in 2022. But, but yeah. what you're saying to me, Kevin, and you've been saying to me all along is like, so we're going to expect these people who couldn't come to an agreement now. I know. Are going to reach an agreement before next year's spring training when the players are going to say, we don't even want to go near a salary. That's, cap. but that's, you know, it, but that's yeah. the only way it works, Mike. You can't bring it back and then take it away again. You can't. You can't. Yeah, I, I hear you, Kevin. I, I, I don't disagree with anything you're saying, but it just seems like the last 20 years and all that's going on and well, all the things the, you could point to well, the last are going fi- to make it the, really difficult. The last 50 years, if you go back to the Marvin Miller days, and then the last right, 25, yeah. they've had I, relative peace. But the last, I would say, five, there's been some serious distrust build up because of some of the owner shenanigans, some of the, the idea of not calling guys up because you want to keep their service time down and all that crap. Right. I mean, right. all these- you, know what, you know what you're going to see again, guys? Remember Phillies Franks? Yes. With the uh, laminated Tickets. Phillies general admission ticket? You're going to see that. Be, that. That Something like that will most certainly come back. 
It's unbelievable. I mean, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that was so, packs of hot so dogs. Yep. Yeah, man. <laughs> that was that was date night for the current household. I think wasn't it? I I I just remember eating Philly's Franks. I mean, I you know I don't I'm, I don't remember the ticket per se, but I'm sure I I'm sure I had one. Yeah, I I used I that's how I saw the '93 Phillies pretty much that whole year. Well, that's uh, how you're gonna have you to draw fans. That's how you'll have to draw fans back by giving them free tickets and hoping they have nothing to do if things well, fall apart the way I we remember think when I was might. in high school. When I was in high school, which would have been what mid seventies, I guess, right? You could enroll. Maybe when my son was in school too, and they would give you like tickets to six games. Mm-hmm. And I think it was what you're what you're referring to, John. I think they were a dollar. I think the tickets were a buck. Yeah, and you got two tickets to like six games, and yeah, that that was yeah, that was a. You're right. They might have because I'll tell you what I worry about. As much as people going back, is will they buy stuff? Right. You know, will the merchandise get bought? Well, will will things of that ilk that make so much money also? Mm-hmm. I think that could be the stuff. You know, somebody going around and buy a Bryce Harper jersey. Well, Mike, think I you know, I'm Mike, not so sure. Mike, think about this too. Even during the strike in '94 and '95, okay, you have you have minor league teams that kept playing. So there oh, were yeah. large portions of this country where baseball was able to keep going, was able to play. You know, right. the, the, you know, if you watch the last dance, you know, the whole Birmingham Baron season became a, a big deal with Jordan there in 94 yep. because they were able to keep playing it even after the strike hit in August. There's none of that. There's nothing. Yeah. It will literally be a sport out of sight, out of mind. I think, and John, you could correct me. When the well, there's Korea, there's South Korea. Okay, yeah. That, like I said, out of sight, out of mind. John, oh, you could correct me on this one. If I'm not mistaken, the year that the NHL lost the full season, there was still an AHL, I believe, because I think the Phantoms were still able. So this will be the one sport that could literally go in America that could go a full calendar year without any level of baseball being played or any level of the sport being played. All the little leagues and stuff, at least right now here, they're being canceled. Uh Yeah, I don't know if they're playing somewhere. I'm sure they are, but... um, so that's going to go by the by the books too. Yep. John Johnson, ninety four WIP. When are you back on this week? Uh, I'm doing. What am I doing next? Uh, I'm in for Angel Weekend? later this month. But oh, uh, you're Saturday. on in fifteen minutes. Don't lie to us. You're on know, at, right? at two thirty. I'm going to enjoy two days off, which is going to feel so weird. Then I'm on Saturday and Sunday, six to ten. All right. Do Thanks. you have a to do list? Is your wife like when you're off for two days? You got to do like thirty things around the house. I'm always doing stuff, but I'm doing it at this point. I'm doing it just to keep myself from going crazy. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's nothing to do in our region of the country. You can't do but you're anything a t- right now. You're a tinkerer, right? You're, you're, you do stuff, right? You're, you're handy. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a homer. I used to be a homer modeler, so I can, I can get into heavy projects that'll keep me occupied for periods of time. You may, good. I, I may be calling on you because I'm in our backyard. We're doing a patio. You, you took the words right out of my mouth, Kevin. No, no. We're doing a patio, <laughs> and my wife wants me to get a sod. A sod roller? Have you heard of this, John? What do you have back there now? Well, there's grass. Right. We want to take the grass up. And you want to lay sod? And No, we want to lay uh, concrete. Okay? okay. So she wants to take all the sod up. Okay. And rip it up. And so we can put, like, uh, pavers and everything down so we can build, like, an island patio kind of deal. Yeah. And I, I'm being warned that this is going to be a pain in my rear end taking sod up. Oh, it's it's heavy work, man. It's it's back, <laughs> it's back breaking work. You will 
I mean, when you had to dig down and shovel and get on your hands and knees, I mean, it's as simplified as it might seem when you do it. It is barbaric. It is heavy duty. You will feel the burn from this. Kevin, I would help you, but I'd have to wear a mask. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, John. I can get I can get down in the dirt. <laughs> John, I'll see you guys. John Johnson from 94 WIP. And we'll be back right after this. Looking to reach the sports fans of Philadelphia in a brand new way. This is Kevin Cooney. Each week, the Working to Be podcast with Mike Kern and I brings the hottest topics into this sports crazed town with the people and the events that shape the landscape. Now, your business could connect with those people by advertising on the Working to Be podcast. Join us at 267-546-7277 or email us at workingthebeat at gmail.com to find out how you can reach out to this growing audience. It's the best sports talk in Philadelphia, and you can be a part of it. That's 267-546-7277 or workinthebeat at gmail.com to join the Work in the Beat podcast family. And our thanks again to John Johnson for joining us. Uh, always good to hop on. Uh, and I don't know. It, it, to me, it's... Um, to me, it's unbelievable that we are at a point where a major professional sports league is so tone deaf that they're going to. But play. you told me, you told me for weeks you've been telling and I, me this. I, I kept thinking that at some point they would, um, they will wise up and they haven't. Well, yeah. I, I still think, Kevin, and you, you may be right, John. I just think that at some point, whatever that is, there's got to be a day, you know, first week in June, whatever, that somebody on each side is going to say, wait a second, you know, and it's probably got to come more from the owners, I think, than the players. Um, You know, the, you know, is it better? Is it, you know, if we make something, even if it's not what we want to make. Uh, and I thought John's idea about deferred payments was really good. Um, You know, because that's probably something they could live with, but it's like any union, and I said this before, and I we went through this at the paper every single time we had a contract. They would pit the people making a li- the less least amount of money against the people making the most amount of money, and that's why we could never get a strike authorization vote because the people making the least amount of money were most concerned with losing their jobs. And I understand that. I you know if you're a guy making what's the minimum five, a little yeah. over five, yeah, hundred. Like. So so you'd be making like like you said two and a quarter or something to yeah somewhere in there, that's probably important to you, you know, because, you know, Bryce Harper doesn't have to make a cent this year. Bryce Harper's still going to be okay, you know, and but the, the irony in all this is that's the guys that people are play, paying to see. They're not paying to see the guy who makes 500000 You know, they're paying to see Manny Machado and, and Harper and, you know, riddle off 15 more names. And like you've said, baseball does such a bad job at marketing itself that while the NBA has 20 guys that you point to and say, yeah, him, 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 baseball doesn't have that. And it hasn't had it for a while, really. There was a uh, report here from Shams, uh, which basically said that the NBA is settling. It's, uh, it's, um, and I just lost the thing on Twitter. It's settling. It's, uh, it's buttoning up its procedures to go back for the leak. July, early August resumption. So, uh, yeah, and that's, and that's later than most people thought. Yeah. Boy, you know, but it just, it just proves that in a world where 
the president is now demanding that the North Carolina governor guarantee he can put 50,000 people in, a, in an indoor arena, I presume. And who knows? Maybe the Democrats will want to do the same thing. I, I have no idea. That, the, that we can't even get a basketball league started with no fans until like late July, early August. Mm-hmm. You, you know, which, which and, and I can only assume that the leagues are going about it the way they should go about it. You know, they're being cautious. Everybody wants to throw caution to the wind now because we're back. I'll well, ta- you know. You've been, have you been to Orlando in late July, early August? Kevin, anywhere south of the Mason-Dixon <laughs> line. But they'll be indoors. I know they'll so, be indoors. Yeah, you know the baseball one was different because the baseball one in Arizona was going to be outdoors, which is you know impossible. Um, but as long as you're indoors, you know I can be anywhere. And you know I've been in Florida in the middle of July. Yes, it's, and it's, when you go outside, it stinks. Yeah, but I don't think they're going to be outside very much. Yeah. Final six minutes here on the show as we. Uh, Wrap it up once again. A reminder, Ruben Amaro Jr. joins us Friday at 2 uh, is our t- uh, tape time. We'll have it up shortly thereafter. I don't know why I told you the time we're taping, but we're doing it is, on Friday. Isn't that almost the anniversary of Halliday's perfect game? Uh, what's today? 27th? I think tomorrow is. Yes. Oh, I, I thought it was the, I thought it was the 31st. 30th or, okay, I could be. Yeah, you, you're probably because I, I just read a story on it. Right. So, but so, yeah, Ruben. Yeah. He was obviously part of that team. Yep, and Ruben obviously will talk to us about what's going on with baseball, baseball lifer. He's been around the game a whole long time. I'll be fascinated to hear what he's saying. Now that he's on the outside looking in a little bit like all of us, and and if all this makes sense to him. Um, but he's been on both sides. Yeah, he has as a player you know, and then so, as a – Yeah. And he's one of the most intelligent people in the game, obviously a Stanford grad. So, Kevin, was he a player during the 94 strike? Yeah, he was in. I think he may have been with the Indians at that point, but I know he yeah, was. Yeah, so he, in, he would have that perspective also. Yeah, because he was part of the '93 Phillies in a way. He, he um, right. So that uh, will be on Friday. On Tuesday, we'll have a roundtable about the way sports will look uh, in the post-coronavirus world and how the sports media will operate. We are being joined by uh, Pat McLoon. Uh, Mike's old boss at the Daily News. Now they had recent recent grandfather first his first grandson. Yep. Uh, now the executive sports editor at the Inquirer, uh, Ed Kratz, my former colleague from the Intelligencer and the Courier Times, now working and covering the Eagles for Sports Illustrated, and Tom Shreddenshek from Fox Twenty Nine um, will join. The us. Shredder Shredder will join us. We're we're going to discuss all that, and I was trying to get somebody with the, a PR staff so we can get a management end of it and maybe a broadcaster too, too, many, too many people kevin well no well the other part is too uh trying to get a management end of it and everything but uh i've been told that teams are pretty much trying to keep things under their hat yeah. because of the but the problem when, when you do a podcast such as ours i'm going to tell you right now you get too many voices i even think three is a stretch because you got you and i those three and it's just hard you know if you're on a tv set where people it's just hard i i think Three is fine. Those those three people, you can always get a person from a team down the road. Right. You know, that's not a problem. But we'll talk about that topic and uh, kind of where things are going. Because you know, I'm going to be fascinated, you and I have talked about this, Mike, how pa- the papers and radio stations like John and everything, whether the leagues are going to let them back in 
And even if they are let back in, how are they going to cover it given the um, the safety concerns I'm sure they're going to have? I, I don't. I think Scott Lauber touched on this last week that he he didn't think the Phillies the Phillies radio or TV crews would be going to away games. See, this is what I find fascinating that they're talking about holding a presidential convention with 50,000 people. I understand. And, yet, that, major, yep. and major league baseball is maybe going to say, you can't even bring your, your three guys or, or well, whatever it would amount to, to a game. And John just said, he sees teams taking, this is a step, you know, at least for the immediate future to kind of curtail I, you can't have you can't have locker rooms. You know that, and I know yeah, that. I know. There's no way. Um, and what's the, the point? Problem is, is, does this have an impact a year from now or two years from now on how people cover games? And what's the point of sending somebody on the road if you can't get to talk to them in the locker room? If you're going to have no more perspective than sitting in the press box and then talking to somebody on Zoom, then what's yep. the point? So, and that's um, obviously something. It may be different, Kevin. The way that we, um read our stories yeah. and listen to our broadcasts may be a little different going forward and may not necessarily go back when this is over. No, you're right. And um, final point here for me, you know, the one thing I'm looking this weekend, one uh, Tiger Phil, uh, you know, the, the, the match thing, what did you think of it uh, watching it the other day? I need the real thing. It, 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 look, they tried and the weather was, didn't cooperate. It's exhibition golf. It raised a ton of money, which is awesome. Uh, I thought the Charles back, was the best part. I'll of be it. honest. I thought the back nine was really good. It is good, but it does. It's, it's, it's exhibition. not the same. Again, it's exhibition, it's exhibition yeah. golf. Um, and, it, and, and, you know, Brady's only going to say so much. He's not a, he's not that kind of guy. Peyton's pretty good. You know, Tiger's not going to say a whole lot because that's, that's not Tiger. Um, but it went to the 18th hole, and you know, and but I thought some of Barkley's comment to me it would have been fun if Barkley was actually playing. But yeah. but you know, it was great. Hey, look, it was great, but I need the real thing. Okay. I, I need the Houston tournament or the Fort Worth tournament, whatever tournament it is in three weeks or so. I need a major, you know, I I and I know there's not gonna be fans there. I I I get it. Yep. Um, but you know, we need the real thing. And even right now, according to what you're saying and John was saying, we're still a couple months away from that. Yeah. I mean, which is the frustrating part, because I'll bet you on March 11th or when Eddie, whenever the Rudy Gobert thing was, and then whenever America got shut down, I will bet you nobody thought that as Memorial Day is here, that we'd still be two months away from, from sports. Nobody would have said that. Right. You know, because, you know, we were told on Easter we would be back and things would be great. And, you know, it's going to take time, man. I, I think people just got to come to that realization. You saw stuff from around the country this weekend that there's some nuts out there. And, and they're, the, they're the minority. They're not the majority. But they're the ones you're going to see on TV. You know, they're the pictures you're going to see. They're the sound bites you're going to see. And um, I think most of the people still realize – that we have to stay, you know, maybe not locked up, but that when we go back, we just have to be careful and, you know, know that this thing is not over yet. Um, And you're going to see that when the NBA and the NHL and hopefully Major League Baseball start doing their thing again and then eventually the NFL and maybe college football, 
there's going to be a lot of things that have to be in place that maybe we didn't even think of, you know, and, and there's going to be, um, uh, what do you call those things? Speed bumps along the way. It's not going to be a smooth ride. Uh, we can just hope it's as smooth as possible. Yep. All right, Mike. I appreciate it, man. You're uh, going to use your Philly Franks tickets? <laughs> I, I miss them, actually. So, hey, I, do you, hey, let me ask you a dumb question before we go. Do you think next year there will be a spring training? Um, maybe not as many fans. Maybe, you know, yeah, but a spring training as we sort of know it. I can't and answer that. And if baseball right now. will start on April the first, I can't answer that right now. Yeah, I can't. Because okay, I, 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 I think if they don't play this year, it's going to be a lot of damage. And it's going to be tough to have people come back unless you have an agreement that takes it beyond next year. And I don't know that's going to happen. So, Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I still think there's a chance. I think it's like 50-50 that they play this year. That, But that's me. There better be a lot of loosening on both sides to get the, it to work. But you know how negotiations are, Kevin. Everybody starts out with, you know, with their foot in the ground and we ain't doing And then, you, you know, Mike, you three days go by, six weeks go by. Uh, people start to write stories, you know, ripping both sides and, and going on TV. And somebody says, hey, you know what? Maybe we could do this if they do that. I don't know. Um, I'm, I'm just trying to be optimistic, I guess. I, I, I don't know. I just right now, you don't start with an insult. And I viewed that by the owners yesterday as an insult towards the players. So that's my own opinion. And the the players viewed it as as such, too, right? Yep. So, all right, Michael. Thank you. Go check it out. Yep. (laughs) Our thanks to John Johnson from 94WIP for joining us. Our thanks to you for joining us. This has been Work of the Week.